sometimes I can get a little overboard with stuff. Please, no amens. Uh, but so you can go ahead and throw up the first screen. Uh, when it comes to prosperity prayers, this morning in this place, the one thing I hope you take away from this is a different understanding of how to pray. I, I'm going to define some of the ways we look at prayer, but I'm going to tell you something. A lot of that comes from a lie. That might upset you. Let it. Because much of the way we view prayer comes from the lie of the enemy and causes us to miss all that God has for us. So when we take a look at this, and, and again, it's just a little letter. It's not very long at all. And, and, and again, you know, as we get into this, it, 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 it's true, Gaius. I still like the way that it starts out, the elder to the beloved Gaius, because we gave you what the elder literally translated means. Turn to the neighbor next to you and tell them, old man. That's what it means, okay? It's the old man to the beloved Gaius. And, and again, as we get into this, let me just underscore this. Because when we pray, what we reveal is our view of God. It's how we understand God that shows up in our prayers. I don't, I don't mean to be rude, crude, or, or embarrassing, but how many of us need to get to know God more? Because the way we pray reveals the God that we believe in. Again, this was... This was I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of a thousand places to go right now. But let me just say this about this, this epistle, this letter, because it's more like he's sending a text to a friend. And he begins with this prayer, this prayer. He says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, this, this is huge. First, it's something that John must have prayed for himself. Because I've said it before, I said it last time, I'm going to say it again. You can't pray something like that for anyone else unless you have experienced that reality yourself. You, you can't pray something like that for somebody else. You don't even know what it looks like in that point. Prayer out of the fact that I've experienced this then brings about this desire to share this with you and it's with that in mind. I, I, I want you to understand this is a prayer that you can pray for yourself over your fa your family, o over your own life, I want you to understand the hugeness of this this morning. Because when I look at it, I, I realize that, that this prayer 
is not something that many believers feel comfortable about, honestly. I mean, when, when, when did you ever hear somebody stand up in a public meeting such as this and pray that in every aspect of your life, prosperity and good health? You don't hear it. So many times when we, read, when we use the word prayer, it's the idea of a person alone. We think of ourselves here. And God is, you know, up there somewhere, and we're trying to communicate with him in, in prayer. Fair assessment? Prayer for many, many people is a statement of being alone, and they feel separated from God, and that's why they're praying. I mean, you, you hear their words, and it's like misery. Misery crying to a, a, a distant God who appears to be an indifferent God who really doesn't care about you. So if you start to cry or, 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 or do something enough, you know, maybe he'll get involved at that point. That, that, that friend does not in any way reflect this life in Christ that we have in the New Covenant. It's, it's, it's not generally understood that in your daily grind, you know what I'm talking about? You, you get up, you go to school every day. You know, you deal with students, you deal with peers, you deal with teachers, you, you deal with a bad lunch at the cafeteria, you know, or, or at home doing the dishes or sweeping or, or whatever might be happening, or, or at work where, where you're at, where you're in the office or you're in the shop or you're in the warehouse or you're at the machine that that is the arena in which you really, really are in a relationship with this God who is love. It's, it's not going to some spiritual place where that, you know, in that spiritual involvement. Look, you can know the peace of God and the joy of the Lord now. The fact is in, in that in the scripture, those words belong right in the middle, that prayer right in the middle of your daily life. The peace of God is, is not for some spiritual hermit, you know, up in a cave someplace. This is meant when you're walking through the streets in an atmosphere of tension. You're, you're in an office where everyone's anxious and tempers are flaring and people are... That is where you meet with God. The God of love who brings you his peace, who gives you this unearthly joy and sense of his presence where you're so used to the negative. The presence of God is not some service, some, some, some meeting that you attend. It's your daily life. So many Christians live in an atmosphere of anxiety. I'm sorry, but we do. And if you really do read the New Testament, I mean really do read it, what is anxiety doing in our lives? And then cross over that to fears. 
and they're connected with the home environment. Hello? They're connected with relationships. They're connected in our workplaces. And we feel alone. To feel the presence of God for so many, again, it's got to be a service of some sort, you know? Let, Let me just say this. In the New Testament, that presence of God is to be found in our daily grind, in what we do day after day after day. And then John goes on to say that you might be in good health. Yet we don't really believe that. So we pray for people to get healed, and it's almost like we're praying that with an awkwardness and in, in our mouths. And, and, and so at, at times we add, if it be your will, and from the tone of it, it, it probably isn't. But there's no sense that I can pray. Look, John doesn't pray, Lord, if it be your will, then it's a possibility. No. Will you grab this? This is a very bold prayer that we just read. And and, and there's no... No hesitancy here, none whatsoever. No thought that this would not be. He's saying, this is what I'm asking for you. In the entire spectrum of your life, I'm asking for your prosperity and good health. That someone would pray with that kind of boldness, that kind of expectancy to ask for you and your family prosperity and health. It's, it's not praying, may God, God, may, may they have a good day. No. He's praying to a God who he knows. Let me say it again. He's praying to a God who he knows, and he knows is unending, and he knows is immeasurable passion, and he's doing so in the name from inside of Jesus. Now, you're, you're praying, understand this. I, I want you to grab this because you're praying inside the very desire and will of God. Think about this. You're praying in the Holy Spirit who is the one who is actually now touching your life and involving Look, 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 there's no, there's no doubt whatsoever in this prayer of John. Listen, we are in Christ. We are. We are joined at this moment, one with Christ. He, he's not you, you're not him, yet you're joined and joined to Christ then as a result, you are joined to the Father. We're in the Spirit, in the Spirit, in the Spirit. Look look at uh, John 14, 20 there. It says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Oh, could I spend some time there? But friend, what I'm talking about here, this is great. 
the pouring out of the givingness of God that he has placed in you in this fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So what is prayer? Except that through the Spirit, because we're in Christ, we're included in the Holy Trinity's conversation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have desire. They have a conversation. It's the beating heart's desire of God to make his love known in your life that, that, that you come in contact with. You come in contact with a family or a friend or a work person or you're coming into contact with them and, and God's desire to make his love known in your life as well as to those who you make contact with. So we ask, it's our desire, because we're in that holy family, and in that family, this is the desire for yourself, for a person, or, or for an event even. So when we pray, we join to the desire of the Holy Trinity. Will you grab that? When we pray, we join to the desire of the Holy Trinity. I'll just say it again. Prayer, prayer is never trying to get God involved or interested in what we're doing. But in joining our hearts, joining our desires, His desires and interests from within. When we pray, it's because we've seen His desire and His will and work. Look, understand I'm going to say something here. I, I, I've been saying it, and I hope you will catch this. But understand, Jesus is the will of God for you. Okay? His desire and heart for you. I, I, I've been there. You know, we, we go around saying, we're seeking the will of God in our lives. We're seeking the will of God. How's that working for you? You know, you're looking for signs. You're looking for, would you do me a favor? Just look into the face of Jesus. Look into his face. He's here. He's now. He's present. He's resurrected Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I hear the desire of God in these beautiful little prayers that John is praying for every aspect of your life, in every corner of your being, I am praying, I am reflecting my words, the desires, the blueprints of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that's for you, that you would prosper and be in good health. I pray out of what I already take at least 30 minutes on that one. Where does prayer begin? Where do those desires for others, the desire for family come from? They come from him who loves you more than you could ever become him. They come from him. He who desires good in your life, peace in your life, 
harmony and joy in your life. Listen, he puts those desires in your heart that you might converse with him on the same page. If he dwells in you, where should he put his desires? Prayer, listen, prayer, listen. Prayer begins with God putting his desire in your desire that you would speak with him on the same page. Prayer isn't the cry of a person alone and in, in separated misery, crying to a, a, a distant God for his indifferent involvement. No. We're talking about a real conversation. Prayer is a real conversation with the Trinity. I call it more like a wish. I know that might sound off to you guys. Wish. It's an expression. It's an outburst of the heart's desire. It's professing loudly, confessing. It's claiming, thinking about, speaking goodness, ease, and well-being. You remember what Paul said? He said, pray without ceasing. And people just pass that by. They go, oh, okay. Oh. And all it's like, breathe without ceasing. And what's interesting is you don't really ever stop to think about breathing until you talk about breathing. Now, all of you are thinking about the fact that you're breathing. Praise God for that one. We don't really, well, I'm going to get off on something. Let me just say what praying without ceasing means. It means that an outburst of, of wish, I desire this for you. And out it comes, out it comes. It's, th this is what I wish. And it's an outburst. It's an outburst of a heart's desire, which has been translated professing loudly it's a gusto it's saying this is the way it is oh hey there's something about pounding on plexiglass that's not like wood anymore you know it look it has in it confession a confession I mean, again we give the definition the word from the latin con means wish confession means to say together. In other words, you're on the same page together. It means I'm saying together with God. I'm saying together with, with, with God. You realize we have it in him. And so I confess, I say together with God what he desires for you. Spoken for goodness, spoken for peace and rest and well-being over you and over your life. So when times come, friend, and let's face it, they come. They get in this head and they get messed up, twisted up and, and turned around and, and gloom, despair, agony on me. And I declare, you know, I, I just, I, when those times come, I turn it around and I declare, 
I am seated in God's love in Christ. And, ex- and I exchange those thoughts because, friend, it's, it's a flow of thoughts. Hello? It's, it's a flow of thoughts and declarations and expectations and desires that begin to erupt, declaring, proclaiming that this is the way things are. You know, the, the, the world, the, the world, the word bold in the New Testament. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 4 there, verse 16. It says, let us therefore come how? To the throne of grace. Now, you take a look at boldly all through the new scripture, the new scripture, the New Testament, the Bible. Let us come boldly to the throne of, it's describing this relation, this words that flow between us and God with boldness. You know what boldness essentially means? Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Now the person I've been talking about has no freedom of speech. They're they're trying to get words right. They're sort of afraid of God. They, they, They might say the wrong thing and I've got to pray it right and cautious prayers. That's all they are, cautious prayers. Boldness means freedom of speech. It means flowing speech that is unrestrained. And that's a very key word, word there. It means everything that's on your mind can come flowing out of your mouth without any restraint or fear of judgment. It's safe to say it as it arises in you. That's the word boldness. And it's saying it with expectancy that you are completed, completely accepted, that you're supposed to let the heart go loose. This is that, that kind of direct thing. It's, it's, it's in your face. It's because you're loved. And love can be honest. It says a lot about somebody's close relationships. Because what happens is love toward you draws out honesty. You're in a safe place. Absolute confidence. This is what he wants to do with boldness. And just as a sidetrack, by the way, this this word was, back in biblical days, reserved for the citizens of Greek cities. Not not anybody could talk like that. It it was a great honor to be a Greek citizen in the Greek world. I mean, you you could speak like that, and no no one would punish you for it. Freedom of speech. What the New Testament does is it picks up that word. And it says, here... In the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, this is how you act boldly in every area of your life. I am asking, declaring over you the desires of your Father for prosperity and good health. You know what? 
How about, you know, let me just try. For every negative, and I, I really call it a, a, a poverty mindset. When we say things like, I am not, or I have not, or I will not, you know, I want to accomplish or become, I, I don't have this, and I don't have that, and, and our relationship is empty, and they're not who I thought, or I don't have enough money here, or this, that, and everything else. How about instead we seek out the truth that the Spirit begins or brings to our mind? How about we begin to speak the truth what the Holy Spirit brings to our mind because we're in Christ. Speak them. It's called the truth over others as well as ourselves. Speak it. You know, we, we hesitate. They'll think I'm crazy. Oh, what if it doesn't this, that, and everything else? Oh, would you get over that stuff? Flush it down the toilet. Can you say amen? They just said amen to flushing it down the toilet. I like that. That's good. Anyways, what I'm saying is that's what praying without ceasing is. It's what it means. It means you're recognizing that you are in Christ. He is in you. That's relationship. Therefore, conversation is going on. And I rediscover my desire for you, for myself, as a part of this conversation with him. And, and, and you walk the path of life in this most intimate relationship then. And he is making himself known in your life through the Holy Spirit. The presence of Jesus as your companion on your road of life, graduates. This reveals prayer. That's exactly what it does. It reveals prayer as our continual conversation with the Trinity as the most intimate companion on the road of life. I can take you back to the road of Emmaus. When, when you have the two men that are walking alongside and all of a sudden Jesus comes and they don't really recognize him, remember that? And they have this conversation and, and what, you know, they're, they're talking and, and as a result, at, at the end, you know, they recognize his eye, their eyes are open and their hearts burn. It's just, can I say, he desires for us He desires for us to see. See what? What his desire is to give us. Which is so much more than we could ever ask for. I'll be up straight and forward with you on that. Because this is prayer. We're not outsiders talking to a God that's up there somewhere. One word, our words I should say, are, are joined with Jesus' words to be a vital part of the request. This prayer is summed up in one word, friends. It's called prosperity. I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. 
Can I say this? It's in the family of blessing. It's in the family of peace. It's in the family of salvation, this word prosperity. You could translate the one word with the other word there, actually. But when you say blessed, included in that meaning of blessed is prosperity. It's the same with peace. Included in it is the word prosperity. Take the word salvation. This might mess you up, but salvation includes prosperity. It includes blessing. It includes peace. It includes joy. It includes prosperity here, now, 100%. You, you do know that the word for saved is the word sozo. Sozo. Sozo is, is interchangeable. It, it, it means when, when your physical is, is healed, it is literally saved. Your, your, your body is saved. And, 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 and your soul, when he saves your soul, he is divinely healing you by resurrection of your being. It's the same word. It, heal, save. It, it's all wrapped up in the word prosperity. This prayer is summed up in that word prosperity. And prosperity in the scripture, listen, is receiving as the gift of God everything that you have been lied to when you think money can buy it. The money can buy joy. The money can buy peace. The money can buy security. Oh, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. Oh, if I just had more, I'd have joy. I'd have peace. Biblical prosperity is that you have discovered for real in Jesus Christ that these are true riches, rich, real wealth, that you actually, actually have peace, real peace that swallows up anxiety you have security. You have assurance of being cared for and kept by the love of God. You have a joy that has nothing to do with passing events, but instead a joy that starts from within you. That's prosperity. More money does not mean more happiness. It doesn't mean more joy. I mean, yeah, you know that. It doesn't mean more peace of mind. I'm not ranting here. Honestly, I'm not. But we need a peace and a joy. We need a security and an assurance of life that money cannot buy. Prosperity in the scripture means you have that. And you have it in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Opposite, you know, in, in ourselves, we think, you know, and, you know, lack. That's what we think. We think lack, what we don't have, you know, that we're not happy. Anxiety. We're worrying, oh, if tax, what will I do? We don't have joy. I don't have enough money for food or for clothes or for shelter. Prosperity in the scripture means that that is covered. 
Prosperity in Scripture is not about money. But it includes it because your father, he cares for you, friends. And, and therefore, you are looked after and can rest assured that in those areas, he does provide. He is pro us at every turn right now. Not in some distant future, friends. Romans 8 simply says, if God be for me, in other words, he's with me, who can be against me? I mean, let's, let's go ahead. It means he's caring for you. He's watching over every step at every level in every area of your life. Look, look, look. The active presence of his love in your life cancels anxiety. It cancels the negative mindsets. The, the love of God in your life, the active presence of the Lord. He is actively with us in our work and our play and in dark and threatening times. He reveals himself as our guide and protection. He's our shield. Prosperity is that we share our lives in common. He's inside of us. And we, look, look, we talk about Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ in me, the hope of God. I get that. But have you ever rounded off the picture and really thought, yeah, he's in me, but me in him? I mean, that's a separate thing. And when we're trying to put that together, I'm in him. What does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? What do you understand that to be about that you're in him? And if he's in the Father, and it's all held together by the Holy Spirit, you're in that family. He's brought you to him. He is in, you're in him. And he's in you. This means, do you realize, this means then, because of that, we constantly prosper. Because it's not a one-time event, it's not a visitation, it's a progressive travel on a good path, continuously helped all the way down the path. Every part of your life. It's success in reaching your destination. Philippians 4.7 And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding that will guard your hearts and your mind to walk in this world with his great sense of presence. I get tired of seeing, I don't know, pictures, movies, whatever you want to call them, TV shows. God, if you're up there, you know, and, and I'm just, you know. Man, do you understand what I'm saying here this morning? This deals with everything. Your peace. Turn to your neighbor. 
and tell them, you're one person. You're not disconnected compartments. Oh, I left a piece of me on the back pew. I got to go back and get it. You're one person, whole. Prosperity is all-inclusive, and God does not compartmentalize. In our wholeness, we are to be blessed, prosper, and know success. Be bold, my friend. As your soul prospers face-to-face with him, it's, uh, it's out from Jesus Who is our peace? Jesus, who is my joy? Jesus, who is our wisdom? That's riches. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly to bring us in our core, in our core, into the closest union with him. A union that has effect at all levels of our being. Now, in this moment, in our new life, your life, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. My desire, his desire. Let's get these verses. Romans 8, take a look at it, verse 31. If God is for us, who is against us? I know that one. And the peace of God, yeah, but look at verse 17. I'm sorry to mess you up there. You ready? And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. Look at Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Look at Romans 8, 32. Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us some things? Ah, come on. All all things. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who is overwhelmingly conquered. Ephesians 2, take a look at it. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then right there in, in, in Ephesians 5, and man, I wish I had more. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. How about Philippians 4.19? And my God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Can, can, can somebody say amen? It, it's, it's living in. Living in his presence. Living in his fullness. Colossians 2 there. 
For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. Now watch this. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself. In whom are hidden, I just go, but but you get what it's saying. That's who he is and what he does. I mean, there's another passage of scripture there in in Matthew, but if you really want to take a look at the whole thing, it it, it starts with verse 19 and works its way all the way down through 34 in in Matthew 6. It's where he says that that no man serves two masters, he'll either uh, love the one and, and hate the other, right? He talks about don't be worried about your life. He says, don't be worried about what you eat and what you're going to put on as far as clothes. He says, take a look at the birds, you know, and, and how they're taken care of. Solomon was never dressed in the array that these guys are, that, that he clothes the lilies of the field. And then he says, he says this, for he says, do not worry then saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He knows. Do do, do you understand that? He knows. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. You don't hear... You're talking about The Holy Spirit dwelling to be held life. Then he is our life. One more verse. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's prosperity. How great, how marvelous, 
your passion for me. Lord, I, I, I rebuke the work of the enemy in people's lives, and I don't say that lightly, but I pray through the Holy Spirit, because I'm joined with Christ, that eyes open. That prayer is no longer a, a thing of separation and loneliness and misery and hoping to get you involved in something. But it's steady firing and pressing, staying along where those desires have come from you. That we declare that this is the way it is. Because it's you. Those prayers come from your desires that are joined now to our desires. And we speak them. Prosperity at every level, at every spectrum of our life. And over the lives that are around us. To our families. Well, Lord, I hope my family makes the right choice. I hope my daughter, I hope my son, I, I hope they make the right choice, Lord. Are we saying that out of defeat, Lord, or are we saying that out of desire? Let us rise to our feet and begin to declare that they may even as their spirit prospers. And we will delight in every aspect of our lives. Let us speak over ourselves, Lord, your desire for us. Holy Spirit, that your name you're here this morning, you don't have that kind of a relationship with him. You don't know him in a relationship. You know him in your mind or as you've been taught, but you've walked your own course. You've done your own thing, but this morning God changed that for you. You realize that this very relationship is conditional status. A yes away. And this morning in this place, when I say yes, it simply means, I'm, I'm, God, thank you. I receive it. And when we say yes to him, oh, man, I could go on and on about how he entered into this humanity. He came, he became us. If this morning your life is saying yes to his life, right where you're standing, would you pray this prayer with me? Prayer doesn't say somewhere, your heart says yes. Your heart says yes to him. But I want to leave you in this. Church is going to pray with us as well. But would you pray with me, Jesus? Thank you for loving me. Showing me 
forgiven you. I believe upon this, that Jesus was raised from the dead and that you are Lord and that you purchased my salvation. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for them right now. They know boldness. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. An unusual message to me means an unusual culture. Would you stand with me? And ushers, would you please lock the doors? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. How many bear witness in your spirit over your family's life? Your spouse's life? Your grandkids? Your friends? Just found out, and I didn't find out, kind of expected it, but our family kind of grew over the weekend. Gary decided to get himself engaged. I only want to make sure she cooks, that's all. Hey. <laughs> Here's my request. I'm going to ask you this morning, out of the desire of your heart, and to realize that that desire has come from his desire, and that he has placed that in your heart, to be your desire, so that you can converse on the same page. I'm going to ask us to join together as a family around these altars. I'm going to ask us to stand. Stand. And to begin to pray prosperity, health, over your family, over your Children, your, your grandchildren, your, your spouse, your friends, that person at work, that, that whatever that desire is, it's a time to declare it, to confess it, to say it with him. And to realize God is for us, with us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Does that mean I'm going to see everything be peachy keen and wonderful? You haven't been a believer very long, and this is not some mystical magic formula. This is a relationship that is continual and consistent because I'm joined to him. So in this place this morning, as they begin to sing this chorus again, would you just join together and just begin to confess that desire the prosperity of God let's come shall we sing it for us we have come into his house 
your family member this morning needs that confession over this morning let's begin to break some things that have been holding things captive with event, the people that are on your heart, and to realize that desire you have. All that surrounds that right now, now again, I'll say this, this is not a magic formula, it's not some, right, it, it's to understand that this is I want you to realize that that desire in you right now is his desire. You're on the same page. Come boldly into the throne room. The only way you can do that is because of the blood of Jesus. What a message, huh? I want you to see them right now, if you, if you would. I'm not asking that again, you know all the right words, but I, I really encourage you to speak what's on your mind. You're a child, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It's time to speak your mind. It's called freedom of speech. In the name of Jesus. This is the way things are. And it's not some distant future. It's right now, at this moment, in the present. I'm not waiting for something to happen. I'm declaring it now. Prosperity. Good health. As the soul prospers. 
in every spectrum, every level, every area, every nook and cranny in the name of Jesus. I'm not just asking them to, to, to get saved or else for Pete's sake. That is such the beginning. Let this thing explode in their faith. Let your hand be so real in their life. Let them realize the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Radical change. Radical change of mind. We declare it over them. An end to that, that trouble, an end to that blindness, an end to that anxiety, an end to that mindset of theirs. It's time to start speaking as a child of God. It's time to start speaking the things of God. It's time to start declaring, confessing, saying it with them. In the name of Jesus. Our families, our children, our spouse, our parents, our friends, our workplace, our school, our neighborhood. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So let's lift up holy hands and magnify His name, worship You're going to be at work tomorrow. This is a part of your daily grind. You're going to be at home. You're going to pick up your kids' clothes and go, what in the world did they get into this house? It's your daily grind. His presence in your daily grind. You're going to be at the shopping center. You're going to be at the Wally Mart or the Sick Bird, one of the two. And in the middle of that, it, 
by planting your daily bread. Your children come over and, and your heart goes. It's his desire too. You're joined together. You're on the same page. You don't try to do something for God. You do something with him. Which is called, let the love of God loose on your life. I could take at least another 20 but I'm not going to. I, I, I want you to take what you've gotten today and to continue to chew on it. I mean, you might, you, I don't do this. I don't promote things, but enough to say, you might want to go to the website and listen to it again. Get some of the things you missed because there was a lot of things said. But I want you to know right now at this moment, not only is he in you, but you are in him, and he has placed his desires in your heart of desires so that your conversing prayer is on the same page. So that the in what prayer, the inward prayer of a righteous person avails much. Amen. Lord, bless them, keep them, favor them, assure them. Again, I pray, prosper them, good health, impart your health to them, increase them, protect them, promote them. I pray that you will honor them. God, stir up the gift in them. And bless them in their coming ins and their going outs. Lord, let everything their hand touches, may there be a realization that things are different from here on out. When that enemy, that stinking low down good, no round crawling belly, when he brings those lies back to the head, Lord, teach us to exchange those thoughts for the words of the Holy Spirit in our minds and in our hearts. Who we really are in Jesus' name. And everybody again said, Amen. give God praise, will you? Amen. Hey, friend, these altars are still open. You, you can spend as much time as you want here. But before you leave, would you turn around to somebody and maybe give them a hug? Or we like ladies to hug ladies and men to hug men. Unless it's your wife, you know, then you can. Amen.